It's December 12, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson from Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today on Green Street in Greenpoint, Brooklyn with Monica Schroeder and Jens Rasmussen, both of the New North Brooklyn Boat Club. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hi, could you both tell me how long you've been in the area and how long, well, you both are founders of, of the North Brooklyn Boat Club or how you got involved with that? Okay. Um, well, in the area, I mean, because, you know, Long Island City is right here. So around 1992, I moved to Long Island City, and I was part of a kayak club uh, there. Um, and then in 19, as New York City goes, 1998, I got priced out of Long Island City. I moved to Greenpoint. And then in 2012, I got priced out of Greenpoint and moved back to Long Island City <laughs> and everything. So, but um, I was part of a kayak club here in um, in Greenpoint called the East River Kayak Club, which was on Newtown Creek, and that was in like 2003 to 2005. Then I joined a kayak club in um, Long Island City. Ironically, I was living here and in Greenpoint, and then, uh, you know, like the, it just kept switching. Um, and then in about um, 2010, uh, Dewey contacted me. The kayak community is a small community. Everybody knows all the leaders. Uh, and organizers, and I had a reputation for being a stickler about being safe and training people. And so he said, we want to start a boat club here in Greenpoint, and I'd like you to participate or come to some of the meetings, see if you want to be involved. So I did that, and it was such a great group of people who were interested in community and the environment and leadership, and it was women giving women an equal voice in the, all this leadership, which was unlike most of the other paddling clubs in the city. So that's how I got involved. Mm -hmm. um, my story is not too dissimilar. I moved to the city in uh, 1996, came, ended up in an, uh, an apartment here in Greenpoint, where I still live. And um, I had grown up on the water in the Midwest and immediately started looking for ways to get on the water. And the first you know, first I looked into sailing. I had sailed and raced sailboats a lot and quickly realized that the, the Midwest sailing scene is a little different than the New York City sailing scene. Um, so quickly realized that wasn't my place. But then I found a boat building program in Manhattan called Floating the Apple, which, uh, which was really exciting to me. And so I, I volunteered with those folks and um, and then I heard about the East River Apprentice Shop, but by the time that, by the time I found them, which I think was sometime in the 2000s, they were winding down. And um, then I went away to Maine and got Maine, uh, Maine guide training and really, really learned how to canoe. Like, really learned. I had been out in canoes and like, like most of the people that we, encounter they were like yeah I know how to canoe when they don't know how to canoe they've just <laughs> been in a canoe uh, so I learned that and then uh, when I came back I started hearing about this um, this this community proposal to build a, a Greenpoint um, boathouse and educational center and so I reached out to Willis and Dewey and said hey I want I want to you know, come to these meetings. I, I had seen that there were meetings happening and I was like, I wanna, I wanna do that too. I wanna be a part of that. So I started going to the meetings around 210 uh, or whenever that was. Before the 
before Very the early. proposal had won, before the yeah. we had won the grant. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's when I met Monica and Fung and Dewey and Willis and Rob and Tom, all those other folks. So in the beginning, what was the space like? And the creek, what was the state of the creek in 2010? Well, the well, we met, we did our meetings at the now gone Brooklyn Rod and Gun Club. I've yeah. heard a lot about that. Oh, that yeah. was a, So that there was, was no amazing. space. <laughs> it was yeah. just this a, is before. It was a concept. It was just an idea. Right. So the vision. idea was, the, the idea was if we win this proposal, and then when we did win the proposal, now that we've won the proposal, what's the programming that's going to go into this building? It does us no good to have a building if there's not something going on, if there's not a life in, in and around that building. So uh, the goal was to create the organization and the infrastructure to plug into that building and create programming for that building. Yeah. And then, um, so we looked around at different waterfront spaces and we lucked out and Tony Argento uh, had this little strip of land almost underneath the Pulaski Bridge, which connects Long Island City to Greenpoint, and it was filled with his car collection, which was broken down. I don't know what rusted out rusted out cars, and he it was a junkyard. It was pretty much a junkyard for for him, and he. I don't know, somehow Dewey was able to negotiate it or people negotiated it and he was I mean, generous think, to donate it and yeah. he took his the cars out and then and one left day, us the containers. left us the containers and one day a whole, this is so, this is just exactly what this boat club is about, a whole group of people from the boat club, there wasn't even a club yet, <laughs> all descended on this empty junkyard lot, cleaned it out, pulled weeds, filled barrels, cleared stuff, moved contained, did all this stuff. And just, you know, almost by the end of it. the first day, you could see that it was becoming something. And very soon after, it was a functioning, had, we got canoes and we got together and we got canoes, we got kayaks, we got an education center and all this stuff. And it was all, this is what's special about this club is that people have an idea and they just get together. And it happens somehow. Yeah. It just happens. Whatever the idea is. Yeah, yeah. So, so the idea was is to is to get get sort of the things rolling and start start training people and taking out trips so that you know we're not starting from zero once the building was built. And uh, and yeah. Yeah, and consequently the the building of the building has been delayed and delayed and run into all these roadblocks and we've just grown and grown and grown right in that little spot uh, on uh, on um, on Tony Argento's property that he's given to yeah. us so generously for all these years but the club is not really the building exactly the club is That's not right. the building the, the club is the is the enthusiasm in the spirit of all of its members and all of its volunteers, really. So we didn't need, we don't need a building. That's true. <laughs> and we've been functioning, I think since 2012 was when the very first canoe and kayak trip went out together. I think it was me and Willis and, and people just showed up and we said, do you want to go in a canoe? Do you want to go in a kayak? And we just split it up and we went out and I think that was the first, uh, the first trip and it's been going strong and stronger and building ever since. 
Yeah, I'm kind of trying to remember. Was the first the first? Was I, it you my, and Willis? No, but I'm I'm remembering maybe the first trip. One of the first trips I took was uh-huh. before we had canoes, and you. I went with you and Robert, oh. and we went against the current to um, uh, oh, uh, a that, Roosevelt Cirque. I don't think Do that remember? was a trip. I think that was yeah, that was an outing that we were. Yes. Before before we had participants. That could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We went and we went around and we hit those amazing waves under the 59th Street Bridge. You and Will well, had one canoe, I think. Oh, there was that trip too. I remember that trip. Yeah, those oh, huge rollers. But yeah. I'm the the trip I did with you and Robert. The um, oh yeah, the right. the the jeer right. was we going. We couldn't quite get around. No, we all got around. We did, but yeah, it yeah. was a oh yeah, it was struggle it was very against hard. that whirlpool. Yeah, up at Hellscape. So, yeah, at, at the top of Roosevelt Island, there's a, a whirlpool that forms. You know, if you I don't several know if you times know. a day. Yeah, and but it's intense, especially it's if you have to paddle strong. past it, through it, by it. Well, like uh, the currents up there get to be about seven knots. Um, when it at its strongest, like it, it gets weaker and stronger as the current goes, ebbs and flows as it switches from going north to south. And at its strongest, it's about seven knots and an average paddler can do three knots. So, so you're not gonna beat it. Yeah, you're not gonna beat it. <laughs> and we got there a little late for whatever reason, we we're just enjoying our trip and we got there a little late. It was a little stronger than we had anticipated. We made it around, but we were like, whoa. But that's the fun and excitement of the East River. Exactly. Well, speaking of trips, tell me about some of the annual trips that you take. Um, well, I mean, the, the question is like, like an annual trip kind of indicates once a year. So like we have once a year trips, we have a circumnavigation around Manhattan. Which we did, I think, four or five times this year. Right, that, exactly, you know. <laughs> exactly. And uh, then uh, some people go to Staten Island, go to Hoffman and Swinburne, which is oh, down below the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Mm. And um, the seal, go, where yeah. the seal Yeah, and then in the winter, is. there's the seal colony down there and everything. But um, like kayaks runs uh, almost like five to seven trips a week yeah. during, so the, you know, those aren't annual, <laughs> those are like weekly or twice a week or something yes. like that. And then but what about big, canoes? But, Oh, the same. We do. There's you do there's a trip every trips, day. Or, yeah, like every day. There's a trip the every day. But sort of the big exciting trips are the Manhattan Circumnavigation, mm-hmm. Swinburne Island. What's the one to Staten Island with the beach? Do they? I think that's that's. There's a summer one. There's a camp out where they that's go. Right. Either it's at the beginning or the end of the season. Yeah. And they go camp. They go paddle down to Staten Island, camp out overnight, and then come back. Yeah, and we like to do that too uh, on Governor's Island for City of Water Day, which didn't which happen. Which doesn't this. exist anymore. It's it's gone for sure. I thought it's they just gone skipped. Because um, the city or whoever's in charge of it now, um, the trip used to be that we'd all paddle down there, and it was it paddle was clubs from all over the city. From all over the city, there's about a dozen, and we'd all congregate for City of Water Day on Staten Island, and then we Governor's Island. Sorry, Governor's Island, and camp out, and it was amazing. We'd have You'd meet all these people from other clubs, and it was just magical. We'd get up at dawn and wander around this like amazing island and stuff like that. Um, and then you know you'd paddle back in the afternoon when the currents were good for you to get back and everything. But last year, they now have camping, but it's four or five hundred dollars a night. Oh. It's glamping. Oh, I see. So there's no more City of Water Day. So there's none, no more there, of this kind no of community. There's no more slumming it like we did? No, there's no more community <laughs> City of Water Day like that because they're making a lot of money 
with glamping. Oh, that's really disappointing. That they set up permanent. Tents. But other trip, <laughs> other trips, other trips are um, the canoe. The uh, a trip I started last year that is really fun and really hard is mm -hmm. paddling from the boatyard on Newtown Creek all the way up the Bronx River into the um, uh, the botanical gardens through the zoo through. So there's portages where you have to lift the canoe and, and um, the water gets really shallow. So we pole, which is a form of uh, a canoe propulsion that's not used around here very much, but it's a, a, main, uh, a main river technique. Um, and so that's, a, that's a, a fun trip. That's about 30 miles, similar to the Manhattan circumnavigation, but you don't get the advantage of having as much current with you. So that's a little bit little bit of a, a mm -hmm. it's it's an exhausting one but it's really fun because you go through all these amazing places which is one of the ultimately kind of one of the most delightful surprising edifying parts of paddling in new york city is like experiencing the city in a completely new mm -hmm. perspective yeah. like like literally just angles and you know like uh, you know location but also just all these surprising accidental nature preserves that are in these abandoned, forgotten nooks and crannies mm -hmm. of the waterfront. Um, yeah, and like so there's Pippin, a Pippin Beach. Pippin Beach is a classic example. There's this beach where there where there's a Pippin apple tree. Do you know about Pippin apple trees? Pippin apple trees. Pippin is I think is supposedly Je Thomas Jefferson's favorite apple. I and think it, so. And it would. Yeah. And it was the one of the very first apple, I think varieties varieties in America that was like cultivated. Yeah. And it originated here, if I'm remembering. I think something like that. Anyways, there's an apple tree on this little beach that only shows up at uh, low, low tide, tide. Yeah. and it's a great little stopping spot to like have a have a. We, I've and gone you can't swimming get there, there by land. Yep. There's no access. Yeah, you can only get there on through the water and in the summer actually people stop there and go swimming, and go swimming. there's yep. like a swimming hole there too <laughs> so yeah things like that things yeah. like that but even you know parts of du parts of uh, Newtown Creek Dutch Kills where it's just you beautiful. see egrets and yeah. night herons and and Newtown Creek is like if you go there like on a summer evening for sunset it's so peaceful and quiet mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful because mm -hmm. the, you do hear birds and there's trees hanging over yeah, the, over the, the creek and you just like paddle back and it's kind of silence mm -hmm. watching the sunset and in the far distance you can see New York City skyline. Yeah. So it's a crazy yeah. kind of crazy kind of juxtaposition that um, yeah, it, that it's, it's surprisingly well, it's the Gratifying, nature. It's like know. it's like without driving miles and miles to right. have like an outdoor nature experience. You just throw your boat in the water yeah. and you head out. And I feel like even if you just bob around the mouth of Newtown Creek, you know where the creek opens into the East River, you just sit there for an hour or so and you're like refreshed. Recharged. Yeah, because it's just quiet and peaceful and yeah. And there's uh, for for people that are you know a little bit adrenaline junkies, getting out on the East River is really exciting. You know, <laughs> the, we were talking about those those rollers. There's huge rollers because of the um, because of the hydrodynamics and the the bottom of the East River. These huge rollers, standing waves, 
um, There's a huge happening. underwater cliff. Right. What is it, like 70 feet or so. more or something, right they? by the 59th Street Bridge, mm -hmm. like underwater topography, and it creates certain times of day. There's always a gigantic wave. And those, those waves have actually, uh, tugboats have actually capsized in those waves. So um, you can go out and you can, like, ride these big rollers, and it's, uh, yeah. I, tell, I tell people that it's kind of like, that it's it's like uh, being able to like mountain bike up in the mountains above Denver, right. like you have this juxtaposition. Here's these huge buildings, but you're like interacting with this incredible force of nature, and it's uh -huh. just. A I always real like blast. to say that when you're paddling with people through that area, you're kind of like uh, when you're talking to someone you're paddling with, you're you're looking down at them, and then you're looking <laughs> up at them, and then you're looking down at them, and then you're looking up at them, yeah, totally. <laughs> like you're all like, just bobbing yeah. up and down, back yeah. and forth. Well, tell me a little bit about who is in the book club. What kind of people volunteer and are members? It seems like it's from all walks of life, no? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a wide variety, but there's you know there's definitely some commonalities. Um, I think we're doing. I hope we're we're doing a good job of attracting um, men and women. There I for a so. long time yeah. for a long time paddling in New York City was real male dominated. Very yeah. Um, lots of testosterone, um, but we, our club definitely attracts people that have an environmental interest, which is great, and I hope we want to continue that. Um, there are certainly people that come just to paddle for themselves, mm -hmm. but but we hope that everybody who comes, if they don't come already. Uh, with that intention um, that they through paddling they become stewards and become interested yeah. in the environmental health of the waterway and the community that's really the secret message of going <laughs> out on these fun paddles is that you're exposing people without them even realizing it to nature and to the environment and the ecology and I find that people once they never even gave it a thought once they're out there and they're like oh my god look at these birds look at these trees look at this water the water I can see there's jellyfish and there's creatures and stuff and then they begin to care about it and so you're kind of like getting people who didn't even you know then they begin to wonder about it. like wait what about this and what about that is that polluting is that cleaning this is that good or bad or something and you start to get people thinking about it all just to take them out for fun mm -hmm. um, and I think also the club <clears throat> um, has a lot of diversity in it because we have so many programs there's gardening, there's a book club, there's knitting, there's woodworking, uh, there's education, there's environmental programs. So there's some people who join and they don't even go paddling. That's right. They join just because they want to do gardening yep. or some other activity or... Um, uh, or just socialize. Or just socialize. Come some people party. join for the parties <laughs> and just come down to the fire and chat with other people. Right. Well, and as trip leaders, can you tell me a little bit about what you do as trip leaders? Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people, I think, don't realize, unfortunately, we, we see, see this happen every year and people die. Of, um, <laughs> not in our club. Not in our club, but, you know, people oh. don't realize how dangerous the currents are in the East yeah. River. So one of the first things that, uh, that we start teaching people and, and certainly all our trip leaders know is about the currents. And, and how to predict the currents and how to work with the currents and how to right. you know, travel in we them. We offer classes um, 
because aside from being a trip leader, I, I teach a bunch of classes there. And one of the, the first ones that I started doing was how to understand the currents and tides there yeah. and how to plan a trip safely yeah. around there because it's so important yeah. to understand the, the waterways. And so and then after that, of course, is knowing where the shipping lanes are and, and sort of um, just understanding how, the <coughs> how all the commercial traffic works. Um, and then what else? Knowing, knowing the safe places to land, like Pippin right. Beach or other things like that. So a lot of, a lot of uh, the trip leader work is, is, is safety stuff know, and knowing how the harbor works. Um, mm -hmm. or, and just the boat skills too. I mean, like yes. you touched upon before, a lot of people, they, when they first come, they go, oh yeah, I'm an expert <laughs> paddler. And then you put them in the boat and they're holding the paddle upside down or they're all wobbly or yeah. you know something like that. And they don't realize it's, it's not like going out on like a quiet lake. So we really try to foster people learning skills. And people seem to, rather than be like, oh, I don't want to learn anything, I want to relax, people seem to really embrace it and they love that learning they learn more. skills and, and they kind of uh, make, get these milestones of achievement of I did this and I did that and now I can paddle not just around Roosevelt but I can go around Randalls or I can go to Frogsnake Bridge. You know, there's all these kinds of achievements that people Funny, yeah. and, and I've seen people come who are kind of I don't know not downtrodden but a little bit insecure or this or that and they start paddling and they seem to blossom in other parts of their lives I've had people tell me that that I, I that didn't know sense. this and that or I was shy or I was you know didn't know what to do and now I feel I've got more focus at my job or now wow. I know what I want to have a different career and and do all this stuff and if I can learn this then I can do that and I, now I want to teach other people I've had I've heard that so many times over the last that's cool few years and that doesn't surprise me I have not heard that really I've that's heard that something so that's that's great that's awesome Empowering people on the water. Empowering people on the water. This empowers new... them. In... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, something I hear a lot from people in Greenpoint, especially people who have grown up here, is that they had no access to the waterfront whatsoever. Yeah. So it's really great that you guys are part of a community that helps people get on the water. So, yeah. so what's next for the boat club? I hear something about an actual an actual building. Building. Yeah. So it's it's uh, we were just talking about this before you arrived. Where there's there's mixed feelings because we we've established something really beautiful, and now we have to let it go. The, this this um, this ragtag collection of containers and yeah, it's just wood chips. So casually, you can just draw. You know, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's Friday night. You go down there, and there'll be other people. There's a fire pit, so there's usually a fire pit, and you just bring whatever you want. You know, to to grill some eggplant or some burgers or some hot yeah. dog or whatever and you start sharing it and everybody shares and you just before you know it you've got like a whole party and you know or and there's no planning there's no yeah. planning you just drop in and yeah where you say oh, I'm gonna pull a boat out and just go out for an hour or two and come back there's a fire and, but as you know. to bring it back to the beginning we the, the 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 club the club's genesis was because of this three and a half million dollar grant to build a Boathouse and right. community center, uh, environmental uh, learning center, and you know, and ultimately to secure the future of this organization, mm -hmm. w with the real estate pressures that are are mm -hmm. coming to bear, 
we um, we need a permanent we need a permanent home. Yeah. And so uh, groundbreaking is finally supposed to start this winter, and uh, there is excitement. And you know, it's just it's the same of every, I think every organization, for profit, non profit, it doesn't matter. When you go through big periods of growth, there is a sense of loss of what you had before and, and, and fear of what this big change will, will do and will it be the same and, you know, will it be as good or, and so, you know, we're, I think we're all a little trepidatious, but we also know that, you know, if we don't change and grow, we also die. So we're there at the kindness of the landowner. Yes. And so, you know, that's the thing. If we have a building, things will be different, but yeah. then it's ours. You know, if something, and God forbid. Permanent. He won't just yeah. say, oh, I've or decided to Or if something to happened it. to Tony. That's true. You know, we and don't you know if that. his estate would. Because he's would, elderly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not that elderly, but. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I don't, he, he may get the senior discount at some places, but okay. <laughs> he certainly seems in good health. But. But yeah. you know, anything can happen, and um, you know, and I think we owe it to the community. We we owe it to the you know we've been entrusted with this this money, and we owe it to the community and to the, to ourselves to to secure the future of the organization and and make sure that we can continue to do this work, which is yeah. super valuable. We've caught polluters. We've yeah. increased yeah. you know we've increased awareness. We. We're, we're improving the health and the emotional well-being of our members. I think other boat clubs, too, have changed over the years because we've set a, a positive example. In terms of safety protocol? Safety, I training, so. education, taking the environment and ecology in, into consideration. I think a lot of boat clubs, um, I used to hear people call it, oh, let's take everybody out on a kayak ride. <laughs> and it was just like, hey, what kind of adventure? You know, like, let's just take some... Go floating. Like go floating, go float around and this <laughs> and that. And I think it's really changed. People have become a lot more thoughtful in a, in a really positive way. And really, you know, now it's no more kayak rides. It's, it's you know, trips, which mm -hmm. is yeah. more appropriate, you know. So, yeah. Anything else to lend to the book club? Oh, I'm sure we could go on. We could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those are all good questions. I think we covered yeah. that. I, th I think the last thing I want to say as a trip leader is one of the things that inspires me as a trip leader is the face of a person the first time you take them out yeah. on the water. You know what I'm talking oh, about, totally. right? Yeah. The very first time somebody experiences going out on the water and especially a sunset and they're floating around the East River, sunsets setting over Manhattan. Yes. And just the face of a group of people and, and they're like, just, It'd be like. It, uh, it, how do you it, explain that? You, it would you know be what like. I do know exactly what. It'd be like if people didn't know Central Park existed. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And, and they've been locked in. They've the been living city. in the city their whole, you know, living in yeah. the city for however long. And then one day you said, "Let me take you someplace," and you like. Yeah. Just walked the, like as if it did. You like walked through a gate and walked them into this park and. The, and they can see the buildings right there, but they're in the middle of a forest all of a sudden. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. It'd be, it's, that's, and, and, and it's true. I mean, like out on the river is as far away as you can get from another human being and still be in New York City. Like, but the sound is just about hushed the out sounds there. Different. The city sounds hushed and quiet. And, yep. Yeah. And, you know, space. Space, like, 
you know, open, pe- space. Open, space. open space. It's the biggest open space in New York City. So, yeah, it, it, I think it does. It affects people. I don't know if we have all the words or the science for it, but I think it affects people yeah. like in a, in a pre, like a good, back in the yeah, lizard brain, right. probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me today, guys. Yeah, thanks, sure. for, thanks for coming thanks. by.